Conversations with Love with Eric Sean. Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Love, where we interview real live people. They share their experience of how they've overcome adversities and how they use those experiences to spread love. Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Love, where we celebrate the universe's love angels. Today, we are so fortunate and honored and blessed to be in the company of the great, amazing Amy Bolding. Before we get started, though, what I want to do is I want to start with a prayer so we can kind of get acclimated to our space and get grounded and become open. God, please allow us to open our hearts wide open so that the love that you've instilled us with comes pouring out. Please direct that love to whoever needs it the most. Please allow us to allow your message to flow through our bodies, through our mouths, so that the people that need to hear that message the most will hear that message. God, thank you for allowing us to wake up today so that we have one more day where we could show everyone that we come in contact with how amazing you are, how amazing you created us. God, please help us to get grounded, centered in our space so that we can show the miracle that you have created within both of us. Amen. Amen. Amy, Amy, Amy. Yes. <laughs> Who is Amy? Amy is a survivor. Amy is somebody who loves to love. She is somebody who believes when maybe everybody else has wanted to give up. She is, she's inspiration and she loves to give inspiration. And I can't say I've always lived an inspired life per se, but over the years I've earned it and I've learned it. So I'm a very, very happy individual. And um, I can't say that my whole life has been that way. Getting me here has been a very long and sometimes a lonely run, but I am here. So, yeah. And I have a feeling that the world is very blessed that you are here. Thank you. One of the things that I've noticed about you just in a little bit of time that, that I've gotten to know you is that you have this energy that number one can't be stopped right. and it resonates and there's no way that you can miss it and energy like that i believe usually marinates and it transforms and it's not that potent and it's not that pure at least in our ability to allow it to shine so usually we go through a lot of stuff in order to be at a place where we have all that energy because your energy is so big I would imagine mm -hmm. that you've gone through a lot. <laughs> yes. Yes. It, it hasn't been easy. I'll give you the Reader Digest version. Otherwise, we will be here for four episodes of Conversations with Love. So uh, let's just do the real skinny version. I came from a very broken place. I'm not sad for it. I don't regret it. But I was a four-pound baby born to a drug-using mother who dies when I'm six years old. I then go into the system, girls' homes, and into different homes, foster cares, I am beat. I am molested. I am threatened. I am locked in closets. 
So in the meanwhile, my grandmother, who's my mother's mother, is trying to get me in the system who thinks they know best for a child. She doesn't actually get it because she's living in government housing. She has kids of her own. They're saying she's not financially adequate. So they think the best thing is to keep me in these homes and with these people. And so soon thereafter that, I eventually go on. Well, I literally have a family of a line of people who are drug addicts and who have, I've literally seen tear their own lives apart. And so going back to my grandmother's at one point, I literally was protecting her instead of living with her in peace. I was constantly being called in for my uncle going and stealing stuff in her house or breaking in or this or this or that. So I was put in a place of a young adult protecting my grandmother from her own child, seeing what cocaine and heroin can do to somebody and having to square up with a grown man as a kid, or even when I was small, watching him beat my brother for adult money and watching him, you know, have him by his throat up by the wall and having to intervene to save his life. My brother ends up dying eventually of um, drug overdose. The uncle that I spoke of, he died in the gutter on the street drugs. And it just went on and went on. So I left home very young and I started living on my own at 17. And it's very interesting because I don't know that I ever felt alone in my life, no matter what I went through, because I guess I felt that there is something more to this. I've always felt life was bigger than a sick twist. I always felt that way. And some people would be like, you know, you're just starry eyed and dreamy. And if I look at what I was around in my environment and what's happened to me, I I can see where some people may think that I was a high school dropout. I hated school. I hated school so much. You don't understand, like in elementary school, because I was in foster care and they put you in ill-fitting clothes or they would give you these ridiculous haircuts because I have really long hair. And so if they got tired of doing it, like my hair used to be really curly, not as much now, but if they got tired of doing it, they would cut it into like a shag or something like that. And kids would make fun of me. And then they see your tattered clothes. You've got everything and you don't get to keep your clothes. Each home you go and you get rid of that last life. So you're never oh, that's my jacket, or oh, these are my jeans that they bought for me. You're one of those temporary housing kids that wears what's there. So I hated school. And then in high school, I had to find an outlet for anger. So I just thought fighting was the best answer. So, you know, as much as I look and am such a very peaceful, loving, honest, open, and vibrant being that I am now, at that point in time, I sniffed out reasons to be angry. So if I seen a girl looking at me too long in the hallway, it was on and popping. So, you know, it was, there was this place I had to take this anger. So I was a high school dropout. Then on top of that, I go and I get pregnant very young. And well, not very young, I was 19. And I was pregnant by a pretty big drug dealer who in turn decided that he had other baby mamas too. And so here I am now displaced, uneducated as far as system goes. I'm pregnant with a child and don't know the first thing about life, love, acceptance, child, relationship knowing nothing. But I kept thinking, this child is for me. Like, this is my saving grace. And honestly, it was because I put everything that I was doing and said, if we can't live a life that is honest and legit, then it's over and me and my child are going to go. So that's what happened. So I moved in a different state with a three-month-old baby. We made it. And then long story short, I had a few other kids. I have, you know, failed marriage, of course, and some other things. I've been hit by a couple 18-wheelers, been locked in a closet in an abusive relationship. I mean, like I said, we could go on forever. And I took myself through college, eventually got my GED, went on to get my degrees and all this and all that. But getting there still wasn't 
what got me here as to who I am today. That was something different. When everything got stripped for me from that, then that's when I did my transition three years ago into self-love and self-acceptance and breaking down the little me to get to the big me. And so, yeah, there's a lot. So before I say anything, what I'd like to know is, is what was the defining moment? What happened to open your mind to something different? So in 2018, I was going to the gym with my sons. I had one that was playing college football. I had a foster son I had taken on and he was playing high school along with my youngest was playing high school. And we were coming out of the gym all together, two different cars, right? My car left a little bit in front because they were, I think, going to go to the movies after or something. And my oldest son calls me and he's like, mom, mom, I feel uncomfortable. There's cops all over the car. There's cops all over the car. And I'm like, what? So I go back and I'm all of five foot two. Okay. Very small individual. And I see a SWAT team around my son's car. Now he has an older Nissan, you know, 2004, 2005, the windows are tinted. I see the windows down. There's cops drawn every window and there's the undercover guys and all this and all that. So I park on the other side and I'm like, you know, my name is Amy Bolding and I'm the legal owner of that car. I can give you whatever paperwork you need, but I have two minor sons in there and this and that. And so he's talking to me. Everything's fine. And I don't know what happened. It's all on video. It was a two year big debacle in the city that we lived in. And um, he decided he was going to throw me on top of my son's car and he was going to arrest me. And then long story short, my youngest son had got his mouth busted and he was tased and I had to watch all this happen. I was drugged and my whole shoulder, the muscles in my shoulder was ripped. They were all ripped. So police brutality is what changed my life, to be honest. I didn't share this story ever. This is actually the first time I've ever shared this story. So watching your child get beat, you getting beat, and then the harassment that was inside the car and the damage that they had caused. You know, I couldn't cut a tomato for six months. I thought it was all over. We, the DA, then District of Attorney for California says they're going to try me and my oldest son for resisting arrest. Of course, they didn't want nothing to do with my minor sons, but it was all in camera. Nobody resisted. Nobody did anything. But I was broke because I was like every system that was built to kind of just be a respectful system. Because even when I was a kid, child psychologist told the person I was staying with said everything. So I learned that like, wow, we're truly not safe. We're safe nowhere, but within ourselves. So not only was the psychological issue of that really bad and you're seeing your son's mouth busted and seeing him be pulled out of a car and your cuff sitting on a curb and they're kicking your legs. It's something that pains you forever. Every time you hear a siren, you cringe and you can't operate. So what happened is me being a nurse that goes on my background. So the consultant company that I was working for, making really good money, said, well, we have no more work for you. So within months, I am jobless, I am moneyless, and I am in the dumpster, which is the Les Brown story that I shared was I was in the dumpster for recycles. And for the first time in my life ever going, if I did anything right, it was always my job and my children, I promise. So it was like, wow, I'm at a point in my life where I literally have not $1 as an educated, degreed well-known in the city for doing many things, woman who was just treated like crap. And I know I'm not the only one. I know I'm not. That's why I never wanted to share the story because it was like, this is so small compared to somebody who's lost their life. And we were in such a sensitive time of all this type of police brutality happening. I just never, I was like, my story is small, but it still was painful. So from that point, I said, I'm going to do what I was here to do on this planet and I'm going to find it. 
And I knew at that point what my calling was and that it was going to be hard to get there, but it was what I was born to do. And so I accepted life for what it was and went on and started doing one-on-one mentoring and counseling. I started speaking at schools and at colleges. And then, you know, COVID comes and it shuts you down from speaking, you know, inside these places. So it's been an interesting ride, but that was the moment. That was the moment I said, if these people can accuse me and take away everything that I have went to school for and everything that I have worked to get to in my life, all those things I had to get through to get to, and then it can be taken because of one situation, which was falsified. My worth can't be in my degree. My worth can't be in my job. My worth can't be in none of this. My worth is to find my work. What is my work here on earth? Not my job, but my work. What am I here to do? So I really got into meditation. I started walking outside first to keep me sane. And then health came, you know, as a result of that. But, and then I just kept getting better and better and better. And I spent the last couple of years totally focused on me and my growth and helping others grow as well. And speaking, motivational speaking, I call it inspirational speaking, but motivational speaking and um, helping others is what I'm here to do. I didn't go through all this to keep it to myself. It would be a waste. (laughs) I remember there was a time in my life where I had to look back over my life and I had always felt sorry for myself and the victim and what a terrible childhood. And one day it occurred to me that there had to be a greater purpose to it. Because otherwise it made no sense. (laughs) It made no sense. All the stuff that I had gone through with the foster homes and just all the craziness of my life. And it sounds like that you pretty much had at some point that same realization. Although I always knew, but there was a moment where it had to be true. Right. I am always amazed. I'm always amazed regardless of who I am interviewing And regardless of how many people I've met throughout my years, and I'm still always amazed when you can say that the world just dumps all this garbage on somebody Mm -hmm. and they swim their way through and they still love. That's what we're supposed to do. And honestly, I can tell you that I love now. I mean, some people may want a refund because I (laughs) I love so much better now and more pure and more honest When you find what it is that your soul's purpose is on this earth, there is nothing that holds you back from real love to me. Because if I know that everything is working out for the greater good, and I know that I'm here what I'm going to do, and there is no going back or changing directions, but only going forward, and there is no doubt, and there is no, oh, this was a crazy thing that happened in life. But no, everything is purposeful. Everything from the the grease on the tracks to the clouds in the sky, there was purpose in all of that. And in between, you're going to have layers of bad weather. And if you just go, it doesn't matter because God is love. Love is the answer. Love, it's love. Before, when I looked at love, it was like, it had to have something about it. Like, oh, I love this cake because it's good. Or, oh, I love this person because they're my significant other. Or, oh, I love this job because it feels good to be here. Now, there is no reason for love. It is going, my being, my creation was love. And I'm here to exude that. And so how can I attract anything less than what's deserving of me as long as I stay in my energy of love? If I don't, then I understand I'm going to, you know, it's kind of like reminds me of flying a plane, right? Or somebody's flying a plane, probably would be me. But when you're flying a plane and, you know, you start to hit turbulence, 
they don't tell you, oh my God, we're going to land the plane. Everybody be still. We're going down. You know, they just say, please buckle up. We're going through a little turbulence, you know, and the pilot makes the decision to go a little slower or to go up just a little, go down a little to avoid those pockets. And I think once we do that with life, then we can get through because we know love's on the other side. Love is what's still driving us. Love's never left us. People may leave us, jobs may leave us, situations may leave us, but love, that's not from anything externally. And we may try to leave love, but we can't even do that. No. And that's why you feel it in here because of the separation. That was like the story of my life was that I've always been a very sensitive, emotional, loving person. And I did everything to show the world that I was the exact opposite because at some point in my life, I decided that being love and showing love, there was nothing good about it. But I couldn't escape it, though. I could not right. escape the reality of who I was. And then finally, I got to the point where it was like, OK, well, I can't escape it. So I might as well show everybody, you know. And that, it's about surrendering to me. It was like, what are you fighting for? You're born of love. So love. Some people are going to disappoint you. Yes. But get rid of the expectation and just love. And love. And, and you said that. Um, I don't remember your exact words, but what I got from it is, is that when we're authentic and being authentic, we are tapped into the fact that we are love, then we're in perfect sync with the universe. So how can we not get what we're supposed to have? It is the energy that connects everything. It is. And there's different frequencies. You know, I remember I was talking to one of my clients, my my one-on-one clients, and she came into the program because she was tired of going through the same relationship cycles. She kept noticing her same patterns. So we got to talking about it. And I always tell people, people don't really like me the first three sessions because I am that person who's going to be truthful with you. I'm not going to help you see the person as the bad guy. So if that's what you're looking for, don't take my course. You're going to need to take somebody else's course because what I'm going to do Let's not worry about that person, but worry about you because you're the one who's coming here and you're the one who we're focused on you. So I'm not going to badger people with you. That's not what I do. So she said, we get to the end of the conversation about it. And she was like, so you're telling me I'm attracting this type of person? And she was so upset. And I was like, yes, what I'm telling you is your frequency is so here that you're attracting here. When you get up here where you're supposed to be, then you attract what you're supposed to attract. I said, we can all just go around and just pick anything, let anything come around. But where is your energy? What are you really feeling? You can tell people you're feeling one way, but you can look around a person and see what's going on with them. It's one, especially once you become aware of it. So it's kind of interesting. And it's so very true. Energy attracts energy. Like attracts like. Absolutely. You know, really. We don't learn this. Like, who taught you? Like, unless you took a class or unless you decided you wanted to look further into yourself, which was my MO, my MO was like, I have to, when I made that decision after that incident happened, and I sat there and I remember listening to Les Brown. He said, you know, if, when life knocks you down, you'll land on your back. Because if you look up, you can get up. And that was so profound to me because I said, you know what? If this is all I have left, if at this point I can't go and do what I've done for 10 years and went to go get my degree for, I'm going to give the world something that they cannot take from me because it was built only in me and I'm going to go forward with this. And it was so freeing because there's nothing I wanted more. There's still nothing I want more. I mean, I love my kids, but I'm so glad they're grown because I am literally focused on the best me because the best me can only be good for whoever I'm with. No matter if it's a relationship, no matter if it's it's my kids, no matter if it's the post office man, no matter if it's the milkman, whoever I am around can only benefit from me if I'm the best me. If we all decided to do that, my God, what kind of world would we be? 
Yeah, I always think that everybody should do themselves a favor and look into self-discovery. Because it's like the story I always tell. It's like you put the man together, the world falls into place because that's the truth. It's absolutely the truth. And the only thing that's real, the only thing that we came into this carnation with and we'll leave with is us. That's it. So everything else can be stripped away. A lot of people allow things on the outside to define them, but it doesn't define them. It is. And it keeps you furthest from self. If you look everywhere, it could be to a lot of people a complete distraction, no matter what it is. And they don't know themselves. The people that I put in my program, sometimes I ask them, you know, some of the first questions I ask is, give me three things you enjoy. Those are the hardest questions for people to answer because they are either with their friends doing something or it's with their kids or it's with somebody. But if you say, no, I need to know what brings you joy. What brings music to the inside of you? It's the hardest question. And sometimes I think it doesn't get asked until three months into the session or something. And the other thing I said, and I know it was harsh and some people kind of like gave me a little bit of kickback on it. But I said, if you think that life isn't about going through this journey, just go pick out your coffin. Because if you had everything you needed right now at this moment, everything you wanted without anything, what are you living for? Right. right. You have no story. Just get the coffin. Harsh, but true. <laughs> Somebody once told me that the body will cease to exist when there's no more lessons to learn. So there's always well, lessons they, to learn. That's right. Or you better hope there is. <laughs> But a lot of people get uncomfortable. Growth is very uncomfortable. And I, I don't think it would be if we actually promoted self-awareness, which is my big thing before I decide to go on to the other side of the dirt is I would like to see all schools, even public schools, private schools, put in self-awareness and self-love as a curriculum, just like home ec, just like PE, just like math, just like English. Because if it's only going to help us better as a whole entire world, if we do this for somebody when they're 7, 8, 10, 11, 12, instead of 40, 50, 60, 70. I mean, sad thing is a lot of times is, is the only time we get to that point is when we are exhausted of anything. When we run out of ourselves, when we run out of our distractions, when something drastic happens, where we completely doubt ourselves, I think that's when we're <laughs> open to growth, unfortunately. But at least you'd have somewhere to go. Right. Because you take your kid to church young, you take your kid to church young and he or she may go in. Then all of a sudden, one day he hit the brick wall. Where does he go back to? Back to the word, back to the pew, back to the pastor. Same thing with self-love. I'm not saying it will keep the child from his or her journey, but it will give them somewhere to go. It will give them some reminder. It will tell them, you know what, I need to look inside. So just another way, you know, just another way. I agree with you. I agree with you 100 percent. So where does Amy go from here with all this amazing energy? What can the world Uh, expect? So what's great is when I created my trademark slogan, I can, I will, I'm worth it. I was literally without anything and how I managed to get, it just, it did what it was supposed to do. So I didn't know where the bold movement was going. I just knew that the bold movement was you stepping into yourself and that it was going to be something that inspired the world and instilled love, hope, and courage into people all over globally, one person at a time. So where does that go? Well, speaking on stages, I'm on my way to Georgia right now to go create another wing of life. And my books, I've got one coming out. I have a collaboration book coming out here. They'll both be out by 2021. And then the other one will be my own first book. So doing a lot of writing, doing a lot of different interviews, and I'll be on the stage. I'll be on the top. This is what it will be because it's not about me. It's about what I've come here to do. And it's the only thing I want to do. So do I know the exact hows and everything else? 
No, I don't. That's the fun part to me. The very part that used to scare me to pieces, the unknown, the what's your next step is actually part of my joy right now, because it's almost like you just get to go see what today is going to bring you. You get to be in the now. You get to have a birthday every day. You're celebrating your life. You're dying daily. You're living daily. So it's really, I don't know, I'm excited. So at this very moment, I am sitting in New Orleans and I'll be headed to Georgia and I'll be there. I'll be in Georgia for, that will be my home. I hope it treats me well. So we'll find out, but uh, excited about it. You just reminded me, one of the things that first caught my eye about you was your affirmations. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things that my three beginnings of affirmations are as I am, I can, I will, you know, mm-hmm. because I think that affirmations allow you to basically decide who you are mm-hmm. They give power to you. And so that was one of the first things that I noticed was your affirmations. How can people contact you if they want to contact you? There's you can either, of course, on Facebook, um, Amy Bolding. I'm on Instagram, at Lady Bolding. I do have a podcast, I Can, I Will, I'm Worth It. Thebowlmoment.org has an info slip, and you can become a subscriber and see the new articles that I write on there. And just a direct email is fine, too. And that's Amy's, A-M-Y-S, Bold Movement, all one word, Amy's Bold Movement, at Gmail. And that's for anything, whether it's to see about a collaboration, whether that's to see about the programs that I offer into self-discovery, if that's just for whatever. That's how you can contact me via email, I guess, but and all those social media sites as well. And the names of your books? I can't disclose that. Okay. But books are coming soon. <laughs> they are. They are coming soon. And I will definitely promote heavily. The collaboration is really fun. You guys will be familiar with some of the names that are on there. They're people that... I've watched before. So I know that I'm not the only one. And then the one with me, it's a, it's interesting because it started out as an autobiography and the autobiography is very thick, but the autobiography was actually a really big part of the processes of almost self-therapy going through all those and saying goodbye to all those moments and hello to the new beginnings, but it won't be the autobiography. It will be a eclipse of the autobiography birthed with normal processes of everyday life and encouragement and what goes on and understanding and looking at things differently, how it may seem and what it really is. And, you know, that type of thing. Cause I think many times we see things through our experiences instead of what they are. And so we don't really see things in their truest form if we have some emotional variance going on on the inside. So I like to help people clear the smudge off of the window and say, this is what it really is. But let's fix the part of you that's seeing it this way. And people are surprised that they still have old smudge on their window from years past or old relationships or, you know, whatever it is. And that's because they got used to the feeling of it. So it's interesting. You are truly one of the universe's love angels. I want to personally thank you. And I thank you. But really, I don't know if we ever have a choice mm-hmm. because I think that everything's pre-written for having the courage to keep walking through all the things that you walked through to never get so lost that you couldn't find your way back to you. Because there are some people that get so lost, they don't find their way back. I just think that the world is in for a treat. I'm ready for it. And it's interesting because when I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew, it's funny because people go, how do you know? There's this thing about pennies and me. So I think that the universe 
will pick something that you know, and it will continually give you, sprinkle you with, I guess you can say like almost a kiss from heaven telling you that, you know, you're on your way. And I don't think it's God or the universe or however you want to put it. I don't think it's its job to tell you everything. It's supposed to be your desire to want to be clear enough on the inside to hear. And I think that's where we get it messed up. We go to this prayer going, God, just tell me what to do. And, you know, and get me out of this. And, you know, God, don't leave me here. And we do this desperation thing. And God is going, I made you the highest creation. I said that greater is he that is in the world. And I said, I said all these things. I am in you, you know, all these things. And you're still looking outside, (laughs) being screaming outside. And what I need you to do is just sit with me. And that's when I started taking meditation really serious. Because I was like, I pray. Yeah, I pray. You know, but then I was like, I want to completely surrender. No asking, no doubting, no whatever. I want to be filled up. So when I meditate, there's no expectation there. And I just, I know that he already told me I have everything I need. I say he in the sense of because of conversation, but, you know, he's already told me I have everything I need here. He's told me that. What scripture do you want? You know what I mean? He said he is love. He said that, I mean, he'll even do things for the birds of the air and the birds don't worry about where the next worm is. They just, you know, snowstorm comes, they move. They don't worry about a permanent residence. They just keep on their mission. Their mission is to be a bird and do what they do. And they're just a bird and they do what they do. But us, we cling and we condition and we latch out expectations and we look for these red light, yellow light, green light signs instead of just going, whoa, it's already in me. So when I started on this mission to Georgia, it just felt right. And so I didn't say, okay, God, am I doing right? No, but the whole trip, I've been finding more pennies per day than I have ever found. And the closer I get, the better it gets. Like yesterday, I found a 2021 penny. To some people, I'd be like, ooh, maybe 2021 penny. We've been in a pandemic. Life has been crazy. And I find a 2021 penny? Yeah, I got an 89, 84, 92, or whatever. But a 2021. It hasn't been easy on this journey of going, I'm going to come and own what has been gifted to me from birth that I'm finally catching up to because I got rid of all external, well, this happened, that happened. That doesn't matter. Those are experiences, but it's not me. My gift is what I'm living. That experience, I well, I don't know. I love people who say, well, I don't know what people have done to you is wrong. And I don't know how you feel. If I continue to feel for my past, then I'm going to trip all over my future and I'm not going to make it there. I don't have time for that. I did my first 20 years surviving, my next 20 years raising kids. I'm about to do the rest for what I'm here to do. It was by no mistake I had kids young. It's so that I could do this now. You know, I mean, is it a mistake that I'm not married? Well, no, probably because I don't know what's before me. I don't know where I'm headed. Don't know where I'm going. You know, it's just... I love life. And if we could all do that saying, I know everything's always working out for me. I'll find my pennies. I'll find my whispers from heaven. I'll find my confidence because it's all right here. He's there. If I allow him to speak to me, he's there. We just look for him in language because language is how we're raised. And shame on us for that because this is a creator who did all this and we're looking for words. That's cheap compared to his love. His love is just too great for just words sometimes. And if we stay connected to his love, everything else will take care of itself. 
Absolutely. 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 Absolutely amazing. One of the reasons that I really wanted to do this podcast with you in every episode that I do is because you never know who is stuck in our beginnings. You never know who is going through some of the stuff that we went through. And the beauty of it is, is that from your Reader's Digest version, you said a lot. You went through a lot. People can see that. They can see who you are today and have hope for their future. And you told them what the secret is. The secret is just to connect to the love that we are. That's it. Go home. Return to self. It's a gift that you do do this because I can't say that there was somebody there during this time. And I had no clue about a lot of the mentorships. I mean, now I'm mentored by a few people, but at the time I had no clue what that was because where I came from, you don't get help. You know, where I came from, you don't talk about your problems. It makes you look weak. And more importantly, only crazy people at therapists or only crazy people at mentors, you know, that was not, I don't know, it was a taboo language, you know, where I came from. So it's like, yeah, it's just, it's nice to be a part of such love. Like, wow, yes, somebody's going to hear this and they're going to find courage. I had been in such a prestigious position where I was working, running facilities and working all over the States, being flown everywhere to tell somebody that, hey, I have a charge on me for resisting arrest, which was not true. It was all videotaped. They don't care. No matter how much respect they have for me as a professional, right. they now see me as a villain. Yep. And I was like, if you only knew where I came from, that you could have probably tagged me in my teenage years as a villain, but what are you talking about? You know, so there's going to be times in your life where your character will be in question in the times when it's at the best. And I always think about when Jesus went to his hometown to go speak to his people and they're like, boy, please, we know who you are. You're not no gifted, you know, man of God or whatever, you know, this is Jesus now. This is Jesus. And here we are thinking about ourselves like, what? We can't have people doubt us. You know what I mean? Or we can't have people question our character. Go back to self because that is who you are. All the rest is just part of your journey. Amazing words of wisdom. Thank you. And thank you for having me here. Oh, I feel very honored, very blessed. You know, I always say that where it comes from is I remember I used to do property management and I, I met a guy who spent like 30 years working with people and helping them to transition over. And he shared a story with me. He said, you know, I would talk to all of them and I would ask them what they wanted more of. And he said, none of them said that they wish that they had a better wife or wish that they had a better job. All of them mm-hmm. wished pretty much for the same thing. And that was for more time. So time is the greatest commodity I think that we have. And I'm so honored that you shared this time with me, this space with me, with my audience. And just that you allowed us to see how amazing your spirit is. That's an amazing testimony of the miracle that God instills within all of us. Absolutely. And I will say that people do want more time once they're enjoying time. You could care less about living for tomorrow if you don't feel that your life is worth it. And that's where my I'm worth it came from. The I can came from when I looked around, I said, well, I don't know. No, you can. It was that argument with self and that self said, no, you can. And the I will came from, I don't care if I have to eat out of the backseat of my car and live in my car. I will meet my purpose. And the I'm worth it came from knowing where I come from, not from what neighborhood, not from what college, but from what creator. 
So there you go. I hope that we have a chance to do this again in a couple of years and catch up. But I am absolutely in awe of the amazing person that God is um, molding you into. Thank you so much. And I think the world will definitely benefit from it. So thank you for spending this time with us. And I hope that the rest of your day is amazing as the beginning of it. Fabulous. Thank you. And God bless you. Thank you for the prayer. I always say prayers. <laughs> thank you for that. All right. Take care. Right. Amy, have a wonderful day. Conversations with Love with Eric Sean.